bearing in mind that there's a church walk at 12 o'clock. I remember the sage words of the American comedian George Burns, who when giving advice to preachers said that a sermon needs a really good beginning and a really striking end and you should try and keep the two issues as close together as possible. I'll try to take his advice on board. In the past, I think I've taken four Palm Sundays, Sunday services uh, in this building, so I think I've covered uh, quite a few aspects of the story. But this morning, my, my thoughts have strayed onto what for me is a slightly different attack in a slightly different direction. The old adage, be careful what you wish for, it might not turn out quite as you expected. We think of the Greek myth of King Midas, who wanted everything he touched to turn to gold, which worked out very well until he embraced his daughter and found he was holding a golden doll and then settled down to a plate of steak and chips only to find that that had turned to gold as well. We think of so many revolutions wishing for a change of government which all go sadly wrong and if anything make matters worse rather than better. Depressed businessmen desperately trying to find a way to improve things at their concern that they're operating remembering the story of the, the car dealer in the 1970s, 1980s, who had the rather thankless task of trying to sell British motor cars just as the Japanese and foreign imports were taking hold and the cars made in the Midlands dropping to bits at every turn. He prayed and wished that he could be a motor dealer in Japan and found that he was running a showroom in the middle of Tokyo, but alas, still selling Fords, Austins, and Morris's. What had the Jews wished for? What were they waiting for? The psalm gave some indication of that, what they were after. For centuries, the Jews had wished for, yearned for, and been promised repeatedly by Old Testament prophets that a king would come who would put everything right. Some wishes, visions were somewhat chauvinistic, providing for the military destruction of Israel's enemies by a king who was a superb general. Greater than their heroes from the Old Testament, greater than Joshua, Saul, David, the Maccabees, greater than the generals in the classical heritage, Cyrus, Alexander, Caesar, etc., etc. But here was a provincial carpenter with absolutely no military training whatsoever. Some Jews had more altruistic wishes, a yearning for a king who would bring peace and prosperity. The hungry fed, the sick cured, the prisoners released, a fairer society. In Jesus' time, the world was a very unfair place, as it is today. There were the evils of slavery, exploitation of the poor, inequality, evils of ignorance in particular, the treatment of the physically and particularly the mentally ill, and then of course the terrible treatment of women. As we approach the end of Lent, 
we remember the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. Temptations which must have returned time after time. Time after time. He could have made some of these wishes come true. All of these wishes come true. And on the face of it, made the world a better place. Ending violence, poverty, sickness, exploitation, and what we and insurance companies describe as acts of God. Flood, famine, drought, volcanoes, earthquakes, tsunamis, things that are mentioned in our prayers time after time. His mission was not to change the world and make it a better place, but to change people so they, or rather we, could make it a better place. Not to turn us into robots, but remaining people who, will, who had free will, but who would choose to follow him. On Palm Sunday, the initial reaction of some of the residents of Jerusalem was ecstatic, delight that the whole nation's wishes at last would come true. Some of the residents, but by no means all. The authorities, whether Jewish or Roman, were not happy with this at all. Demonstrations usually meant trouble. And it was difficult enough for the authorities to keep a check on what was going on in the rather troublesome uh, province of Judea all the time. They wanted to do away with him, of course, the Jewish authorities. By this time, there was a price on Jesus' head. One thinks that the trigger point had been the raising of Lazarus. The religious leaders, according to John's Gospel, wanted to kill Jesus and do away with Lazarus as well because he was a very inconvenient witness to have to the amazing things which had happened when Jesus was around. It was hard to dispute the facts when the risen Lazarus was wandering around chatting to people and seemed to be fit and frisky. We remember only too well the high priest Caiaphas's famous statement, it is expedient that one man should die for the sake of the nation. Or as the Good News Bible puts it, don't you realize that it is better for you to let one man die for the people instead of having the whole nation destroyed. Caiaphas and his cronies, their life work was to maintain the Jewish identity, coexist with the Romans, and try and keep the patriots, the people that the authorities described as terrorists, in check. Apart from anything else, Palm Sunday was an act of glorious defiance and superlative courage. And Christians today, by, sh by showing their belief in, in practical terms, are persecuted. And it can be a very, very dangerous thing to do in many parts of the world. Jesus didn't slink into the city. He made a, a public display of what was going on. It would have been much safer to have slinked in by night, a much safer proposition altogether. The assassination of leaders in politics and troublesome dissidents was as rife in those times as today. No suicide bombers, guns or radioactive pellets or nerve agents, but daggers, stonings, which seem to be making a comeback in parts of the world. Poison did the job very effectively. 
eight of the first nine Roman emperors were assassinated. John the Baptist's murder went unpunished. There were very violent times despite Roman law and order. The innocent as well as the guilty suffered. So much for the opposition which was considerable. What about Jesus' supporters? Those who cried Hosanna, those who felt their wishes had really come true. It seems that most of them were disillusioned in a matter of days. And one, one wonders how many shouted crucify him by Good Friday. Placing greater value on the life of Barabbas and his fellow freedom fighters. As Jesus' very short ministry came to an end, the world had not changed much on the face of it. Three years is not a very long time to achieve a great deal. Despite Jesus' outburst in the temple, which was to follow during the week, corruption and exploitation would continue the next day. Once he departed, it was business as usual in the temple, ripping everybody off that they could. Most sick or disabled people were not healed. The hungry and poor were still hungry and poor. Unlike Lazarus's fortunate two sisters, all those recently bereaved were still mourning loved ones. They didn't come back to life, not physical life in this world. And slavery continued as it does in parts of the world to this very day. The Romans were still in charge and could act with impunity. Yet the people's wish had been granted. The people's wish for a king had come true, but Jesus was not what most of them wanted. He wasn't going to change things after all. He suggested that his kingdom would only come about if people changed and responded to his perhaps difficult and unpopular message of love compassion, repentance, and most difficult of all, forgiveness. But his teaching was not like a self-help book or a do-it-yourself guide. Self-help books are usually encouraging you to be better disciplined, fitter, getting up early and eating the right food and all that sort of thing. It wasn't, he didn't offer a self-help book. He didn't leave his contemporaries or people through the ages, up to those of us in Skipton and elsewhere this Sunday morning, without the power to take his work and message forward. Not a book, but an example and power in due course. Now, I think I, I, I told Tim that when I was getting to the last page, he would walk out on me. Now, don't follow his example. There's a bit more still to come. In a few weeks' time, we celebrate the identification of God's Holy Spirit being focused and visited on those first of Jesus' followers. People were changed, and the world has become a better place, often through the efforts of Christians, and often through the Holy Spirit working through others who would claim different or no religious affiliation whatsoever. Many evils continue. There are so many areas of human existence 
which are desperately unfair. People and circumstances we remembered in our prayers. When we think of the terrible events of Holy Week and Jesus' desperately cruel death, we're grateful to hymn writers who can lift our spirits as we leave Palm Sunday and have to get through to Good Friday, then get through Good Friday before the celebrations in a week's time. Jesus was resolute at the time of trial, pain and suffering, fear and death. We hope and pray that we never have to go through anything quite like what he did, that unlike so many struggling in the world today.